0: Zen Parenting Radio, number 37. You always get mad at me when I say what number it is. I'm
1: not mad. That's not the right word. I, it just, that's all. 37, well, seven's a good number. And you
0: also get mad at me when you say that it takes me too long to talk about what we're going to talk about. So this week, I'm telling the audience, we're talking about how to deal with your children's fear-based anxiety.
1: Oh, that's a good way to say it.
0: That, was, that sounded very official, didn't it? It did.
1: Fear-based things. Basically, how to talk to your kids when they're feeling fear, fearful. Okay. Does that sound okay? Yeah, that
0: sounds good. I made it sound a little more official, but that's fine.
1: Okay, you do the sponsor because I got a cough. Um, <laughs>
0: this cough is brought to you by Avid Company, painting and remodeling in the Chicagoland area. Do me a favor. Just call them. You got a project, call them.
1: Get a quote. Get a quote from for Avid.
0: goodness sakes.
1: Avidco.net.
0: AVIDco.net. And we also are brought to you by Poofin, but we're going to talk about them a little bit more at the end of the show.
1: Poofin.com.
0: Poofin.com. And you're taking off your necklaces again.
1: I'm very clanky. Yes. I have a lot of necklaces and rings. And I
0: promise not to fuss with whatever I was fussing yeah, with. Yeah, let's last just
1: week. stay. Let's just stare at each other. Okay.
0: <laughs> so here we are staring at each other. So, um, fear. Yeah, let's talk about being afraid. And I have some examples I wanted to share, but I don't know. Do you feel like that you want to start this well, discussion I I think,
1: you know, we always sit here and decide what do we want to talk about. We've talked about fear on this show before, but what I think is so important is that we talk to parents about Um, that what their children are experiencing in the moment that is scaring them is really real for them. That doesn't mean we say, oh, yeah, you should be afraid of it. It just means that we need to at least validate that they're feeling that fear and then help them with tools to deal with that fear. Mm -hmm. And I think what we do because we're so uncomfortable with our children's fear for a number of reasons. Number one, because we're fearful of the same thing. Mm -hmm. So we're so uncomfortable of it, we shut it down. Number two, we're, we're just don't want to hear it because right. we think it's ridiculous and we have a hard time getting in the minds of a child or on the mind of a child. We just think to ourselves, that's insane. That's crazy. And we forget that there are three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten.
0: 10. Yeah. I mean, you could start with all the way from being very young to a, an 18 month old that's scared of the right. dark.
1: Like just a perfect example, scared of the dark. Um, our children tend to sleep in pitch dark when they're zero, one, two, even sometimes into three. Mm-hmm. And then somewhere around three or four, when they start to kind of have a little more of an imagination they oftentimes become more fearful. And what parents will say to their kids is, but last year when you were three, you slept in the pitch dark. What's the problem now? And we're not understanding child development and that what's happening to them being fearful is completely normal. And telling them that they shouldn't feel fearful does nothing to help them except make them feel guilty or shamed. Or uncomfortable or just even more afraid, because no one's listening makes it worse in a roundabout way, so yes. yeah,
0: you said validate, and you said tools, so um, we what you're saying is we need to validate what they're feeling, even if I think it's crazy, and the example I was going to give is there was a time when Cameron was about four years old, and she was i don't know I don't know think anxiety was the word or just really afraid. And finally, we pulled out, like, what are you afraid of? And she said, I am, I feel like I'm going to be lost. I said, be lost where? We're sitting in the kitchen. And she said that, I feel like I'm I'm going to be lost. And I said, Kathy, this is crazy. She's, Cameron. No, I said oh, to, to you. Me. gotcha. Said, this is crazy. She says she's going to be lost, and she's in her own house, in her own kitchen. And on a deeper level, I think there's some other things going on with Cameron. And this might take the discussion in a little bit different direction, but... At, at that time, she maybe was trying to find, find her place, her place in, the family. in the family. she
1: So a child will say, I'm feeling lost. right? And the what they're really trying to say in the only language that they have is, I'm not sure of my place. I don't know where to be.
0: But here I am being a logical, literal, practical, right. literal adult who doesn't have the mindset of a four-year-old. And it would have been easy for me to dismiss her saying, that's the silliest thing I've ever heard. You cannot be lost in your own house because you know where the kitchen is and you know where the bedrooms are and, and you know where the bathroom is. You're right. So you, I, as parents, I think we need to kind of just try to get out of our head for a minute and just be compassionate to what it's like to be an 18-month-old, a 10-year-old. It doesn't really matter right. what it is.
1: And, you know, some one thing that um, I say a lot on this show and, and in my writing is that Um, When people ask me what the best parenting book is... um, Your, yours. Right, right, right. right.
0: Self-aware parent. Number one and number two. Part one and part two. Um,
1: But then after that is um, a child development book. Mm -hmm. Not so your child follows exactly what the book says, because that's insane. Mm -hmm. Your child is not supposed to follow every single page. But you get the gist... Of oh a child at this age is just starting to develop imagination okay that makes sense oh this child now has abstract thinking that makes sense and so you have an understanding and for any of you who you know majored in psychology or social work or um, education we had these classes where you started to understand the way children's brains work mm-hmm. um, but you know get out those old books and and check them out because it gives you a sense of understanding so when they say things like that you get it and you know you were tra- you were asking me how am I going to bring up my book mm-hmm. in this discussion. The last article that I put in my first book is called The Dance of Life, mm-hmm. and it was about Cameron, and when she didn't want to go on stage, and she... The, she had a recital. She had a recital. She didn't want to go on stage, and she ended up doing it, but it was after I let go of my need to have her do it. Right. And then at the very... You know, when we went to have ice cream, she and I were alone, and I asked her, why didn't you want to go on stage? And she said to me, I was afraid I would get lost. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I wrote, I actually got teary when she told me that because I totally understood that on a metaphor, mm-hmm. you know, on a, on that kind of level where you go out there in front of people and it's like, I don't know who I am. I'm not quite sure who I'm supposed to be. Where, what am I doing How up do here? I fit in? Yeah. And, um, and so, and she did it, mm-hmm. but it was still scary, and we all feel that way.
0: And that's one of your better, uh, I mean, they're all good chapters, but that one is kind of the one that hits, that's one of the deepest ones. And
1: I put that in, the book was about to be published, and I put that in at the very last minute, so it slowed everything down about six weeks. But it, I felt like it was super important because it kind of brought together everything we had, you know, I had talked about in the book. But anyway, so, you know, fear is sometimes kids don't have the way to explain it, the way we will understand it, they only have their words. Right. And they may have a very limited vocabulary.
0: Mm -hmm. And it's our job to understand that and equip ourselves with the tools to be a little more validating than normal. And, you know, here I am married to you who writes books about parenting and doing this radio show, and I forget as quickly as anybody that I'm – I don't know what it's like to be in the mind of a six-year-old or a four-year-old.
1: Well, and you know, neither do I all the time. I think that's the thing is that we can, especially you guys, the reason we talk about self-care so much on the show is if you are in a hurry or you're impatient or you're overloaded and you're overwhelmed, you don't have the room to think about why a child is afraid of this or doesn't want to do this? You don't even you can't even go there with them. All you can say is that's stupid. Mm-hmm. Let's go.
0: That's silly. That's
1: silly. You know. And then let's how? Go. And
0: then how? If let's say that we are those types of parents and say that's silly, Cameron. That you can't. You, there's no reason for you to be afraid. What is the effect? That, that will have on that child. As I
1: said at the very beginning, I, I, it would be different for every kid, but she could feel guilty for feeling that way. She could feel shameful for feeling that way. She could feel very misunderstood and then retaliate in a kind of behavior outburst kind of way. Mm-hmm. She could just feel simply sad. Mm-hmm. Um, she could get angry. Mm-hmm. She could. But none of those things I just said are things that any parent really wants to deal with. Right. And a lot of that, I think it's even more sad if they're unable to show their feelings about it because then it does get integrated as shame. Mm-hmm. Like, here I am afraid and I don't know what to do with it because nobody is helping me, you know? So, um, and I think that fear, do you know, gosh, I can't remember the statistic, but I was just watching something that somebody sent me. Oh, you know what? There was no statistic. This is more from a spiritual perspective. Fear is the dominant vibration in the earth right now on the earth. Wow. It is the dominant vibration. And again, this is one person's perception. Right. But when I heard that, I was like, wow, isn't that true? And that doesn't mean... That sounds
0: a little pessimistic. i got to be honest with
1: you. It sounds pessimistic, but what they're trying to say is it's so often we are working from a fear-based place rather than from a place... Because, Todd, it it pessimism... Let's see. I want to like analyze what you just said because you're right. It sounds sad and scary, mm-hmm. but but do you know anybody who isn't working from fear a lot of times?
0: I don't know. I, I We had kind of had a discussion about this yesterday and, you know, there are times when you're open and you you kind of feel really good and enlightened or whatever the word is and what are the things that are happening in your body when you're not coming from a place of right. fear and it's usually when you're quiet or it's usually when you have... You know, an understanding of the situation and you don't... And it's not when you're watching the 10 o'clock news and, you know, you're not feeding yourself.
1: And what do you think the majority of the people... Watching the 10 o'clock news. Exactly. So that's my point is you can say, oh, that's pessimistic. But let's be honest Mm -hmm. here. Most people are worried... All the time right. that something's going to happen to them, something's going to happen to their children, that our world is going to explode. And look what's happening in mm-hmm. our government. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I don't want to get political here, but come on. Mm-hmm. You know, we our leaders and our authority figures aren't really helping us with this fear thing.
0: Yeah, not a whole lot of hope not going a, on right exactly. now.
1: Exactly. And the thing is, is that when with this knowledge... What we have to do is for those of us who want to be more conscious for ourselves and our children and our families, we don't give in to that. Mm-hmm. We say we know there's a better way. Mm-hmm. I know there's a better way, and I don't know it from my brain because I read books. I know it in my soul. Well, you know?
0: and you can look at you know the same situation with two very different eyes. Like um, last Friday, was um, they, there was a little celebration honoring September 11th yeah. at our girls' school, and they, yeah. they did the Pledge of Allegiance, and they sang My Country Tis of Thee, And you could look at that like, oh my, you know, I'm explaining to my six-year-old Cameron what this is all about. And I'm trying to use very kid-like words of, you know, there are these misguided people who wanted to hurt us because of certain things. So you can look at that like, is this something to be afraid of? Or is this a time to get quiet and to um, have respect and gratefulness for the people that keep our country safe or the people that were heroes on that day. I mean, you can look at that same situation and be completely afraid of terrorists or you can say my gosh, those heroes on exactly. that day. Exactly.
1: And that's that's a beautiful example where you can you have a choice mm-hmm. in that moment. And we can either and this is just one example of a million where you can teach your children about yeah, so you better be afraid of people mm-hmm. or look at the compassion mm-hmm. that human beings have mm-hmm. that we don't pull from as often as we should. When we're in crisis, we become our hearts. Right. When we're in a crisis, all of a sudden everything is stripped away, and we just live from our heart. When we're not in crisis, um, we have a harder time doing that because we get lost in our minds. Yeah. Then
0: we play mind games. Then with we ourselves. play mind
1: games, and we and and so, I I think that's that was the lesson for me from that whole experience, um, September 11th or you know last Friday when we did that was let's pull from the hope here, like you said, and let's pull from what you know, people did and how we bonded together and our potential.
0: Mm -hmm. It's all about our potential. What we can get done. Um, and you know, we've read a lot, you know, I talk about Wayne Dyer from time to time and I'm sure he didn't create this statement, but what you focus on grows. Uh So if you focus on being afraid of people who are trying to harm us, then you know what, you're going to be afraid. Or if you focus on my gosh, those people that, Um, We're so heroic on that that day. I'm so hopeful for mankind because they have the ability to put other people in front of themselves.
1: And I want to take it to another level because both of those things are outside of ourselves. Mm -hmm. How did you feel that day? And, And you don't have to explain right now, but I guess who am I in this situation? Because we can't control the terrorists or the heroes. Mm -hmm. Those are other human beings that we can hopefully identify with the heroes and they can be role models. But, like, who did we become? Um, You know, we became compassionate. We became – we bonded. We – um, I, you know, felt the need to be with my family. I felt the need. I was actually at Children's Memorial at the time, and I felt a really strong pull to take care of those kids mm-hmm. and to, you know, be with them, and we become our hearts. So it's not just outside of ourselves.
0: Well, and I guess I'll challenge you a little bit in that um, there was a part of me when you just asked that question, how did I feel? I, I, I felt angry. That was one of my very first right. things, and I was, I'm sure that there's a million, you know, a lot of our listeners out there, are saying to themselves, I was really po mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's, and maybe that's your initial response, and then you have some time to see through it and maybe see the good in such a horrific situation. Well,
1: and there's nothing wrong with feeling anger. I think that's very normal right. and human. And you know, because we talked about this, anger is the second tier response. What do you feel first before you feel angry? Uh, afraid. And- I would say sad. Oh,
0: sadness. Yeah. Maybe you
1: felt fear first and then it became anger. I'm not going to tell you what you felt Mm because that may have been the truth. But oftentimes we feel really sad or, you know what, you're right, fear. We feel unsafe. And so that makes us angry. Mm -hmm. You're right. Yeah,
0: like you always talk about emotions and second-tier emotions versus first-tier emotions. And angry, I think you say, is a second-tier emotion, right? Mm -hmm. And that usually means that it is uh, the first emotion that you might feel is being afraid of something, and instead of being afraid, the person uses it in a different way, and they choose to use anger because they don 't want to show that they 're vulnerable
1: anger's easier
0: much easier it 's mm-hmm. a shortcut
1: it is because sadness is vulnerable, fear is vulnerable um you know deep love. It mm-hmm. can even be really vulnerable. And if we just get angry at people, that's a lot easier to show. And I, and some people will say that doesn't make sense, but really think about your own behavior. Sometimes mm-hmm. if you're not getting attention from your spouse or your kid says something to you and it hurts your feelings, what happens to you? Do you um, start? <laughs> most
0: people, when I'm in my head, I will get angry, get angry instead of, so the, 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 that moment of fear or sadness of vulnerability, is quickly replaced yes. as a protective mechanism yes. for um, for anger and meanness.
1: Exactly. It's just it's uh, it's gosh, what's the word? Not simpler because mm-hmm. it's actually very damaging to our system. It's not good for us, but it's it's not as vulnerable. I like your word. It's just not as vulnerable.
0: Well, and it's funny because um, there was I was going to introduce a new segment to the show called my non Zen parenting moment of the week. Okay. And um, there was a time this week when J.C., Cameron, and Skylar were brushing their teeth. <laughs> and Skyler, they each went to the dentist, so they each got their little toothpaste, the yeah. tubes of toothpaste. Right. And Skylar lost her tube of toothpaste. Right. So Skyler said, can I borrow one of your two tubes of toothpaste right. to Cameron and J.C.? And they both said no, and I got really <laughs> angry that they weren't sharing. And I instantly went into my head and I started talking about how mommy and daddy share so much with right. you guys. and you We need, started
1: the lecture. You
0: need to start appreciating. <laughs> and then Skylar said in her very soft voice, she goes, I share bacon.
1: Aww, and it's because sweet. She,
0: she always shares her bacon whenever we go <laughs> to, to Egg Harbor. Egg Harbor. So, um, and, and I said, fine, you don't want to share. Blah, blah, blah. And then finally, JC ended up sharing and i was hoping that cuz cameron went right into her bedroom like god i hope she feels bad like i hope she feels guilty <laughs> and what's funny is her reaction was she she could have cared less she it did not affect her she was singing songs and it was as if i never spoke
1: so what what's the wrap up of that what do you think was are you were you annoyed at cameron cuz she didn't feel bad
0: um i think at I was very annoyed in that moment, and then I'm like, you know what? It just wasn't good timing for her to feel like sharing at, at that time.
1: Exactly, and the deeper thing is, is let's go to what we always talk about on the show. Is our goal to have our children feel bad?
0: I want them to feel bad and to be robotic <laughs> and to have good manners.
1: And I say that because this is this is a great conversation that's very real, is sometimes we'll say, oh yeah, I don't want to guilt my children. I don't want them to carry a heavy burden. I don't want to put my crap on them. Mm-hmm. And then in that, you have all this understanding and knowledge, and in that moment, and please know that I do these kind of things too? It's just we're talking about this situation with you. Right. In that moment, you're like, she didn't walk away feeling bad. Mm-hmm. She should feel bad. And yeah. really, how do you know that she didn't, in that moment, pick up mm-hmm. on? Oh, next time, I think I'll share.
0: Right. And maybe it was fleeting. Maybe she felt it and, the, and yeah, then exactly. moved on
1: because yeah. that's what kids do. Yeah. Instead, we hold on to it. We hold on to it. We the remember the duck story. Yeah. You know, we hold on to it and we can't flap it out and we walk around or we. You know, waddle around telling <laughs> other ducks why people are bad. And
0: then here I am doing it right now. Exactly. I'm so flapping my wings. You're
1: flapping. You're getting rid, but you're getting rid of the energy now. I'm it's going out. It. That's why I had to open the door.
0: But it's funny. I mean, we, I, I, I really, I was very upset because Skyler is a really good share. And so is JC and Cameron. But just in that moment, uh, JC, it took a little prodding. Like she, she didn't share because she wanted to. She shared for you. She shared for me.
1: Well, and my, and I would say that that experience, it, it, caused you anger, not just because of what was happening with your daughters, but it, it triggered something in you mm-hmm. where you either share with people and you notice that they don't do it back or it's something that I don't even know. I don't want to go too deep into your head about it, but right. usually when something triggers us that much, it's not just about them.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, one other non-Zen, par- I had two good non-Zen parenting oh, moments great. of the week. Can't wait. I was late in waking JC up for school this week.
1: Yes. And we didn't even talk about this, but I wanted to.
0: And, um, so she was really trying to hustle, but she was not hustling fast enough for me. Right. And I found myself saying, you know what, Jace, we got to go. You know, I started raising my voice. I'm like, we got to go. And then I thought about it. I'm like, she's hustling. I'm regardless if you think it's right or wrong, I'm the one who wakes her up in the morning. And I woke her up 10 minutes late, but instead of me realizing my role in the situation, I chose to get mad at her right. for something that she really didn't have a whole lot of control She or. was
1: moving in the same way that she always, always moves. does. And so she was just being herself. And she didn't know you woke her up 10 minutes late. Right. And you know, it's funny because that was the morning I did yoga downstairs and I came up and the girls hadn't woken up. Right. Remember? And I was like, you're still sitting here and the girls aren't awake. And and even though I wasn't like, you should have woken them up, I'm thinking they could have been up 15 minutes ago right, right. and at least eating breakfast. Right. Um, but I it, it, uh, on the same day when she had soccer practice. Remember when she and uh, she had her friend Maddie over and they were um, eating cereal? Oh yeah. And you ran up the stairs. I
0: said we gotta go. And you go. We
1: gotta go. Let's go. We're gonna be late for practice. And I was like, Are you kidding? Did you hear yeah. me laugh? And I didn't. I even go. Are you him. kidding? Yeah. And so I said, I will get them there. You go.
0: And I said, I don't want them to be late. You don't want them to be <laughs> late.
1: And so you came up the stairs and said, It's time to go. These girls don't have on their shoes yet. Right. And they the shin session.
0: guards. And and I'm the coach. So, and so, so so it's not about them being late. It's about how it reflects back on, on me. On you.
1: And that is your fear. Yeah. of how you have a thing with time and we should just spend a whole 30 minutes talking about your issue with time and trace that back Mm -hmm. because you are so afraid of being late and it's okay to be late every once in a (laughs) while it's
0: not okay never okay
1: I I totally disagree and that doesn't mean I'm being disrespectful of other people that means you have a life
0: and I'm more being sarcastic about myself too like right now I can laugh about it but you're right. I do have some. It's a
1: cellular memory. It's not yeah. a brain thing.
0: Yeah. It's um, so.
1: So can can we just getting back to the fear thing? There's a few things that I want to make sure that we we shared. Let's roll back. One of to them it. is my favorite acronym with fear, um, which again I don't know who to credit this to. I've heard Wayne Dyer you say, it, but other people. You can actually credit
0: me. <laughs> I think I did this. The,
1: just the word fear. Okay. F E A R. Mm-hmm. The acronym: false evidence appearing real. All
0: right. Let's break that down.
1: Okay. False evidence, evidence. So basically an
0: untruth.
1: An untruth.
0: Seeming to be the real deal. real.
1: And so isn't that the truth for our kids? Mm-hmm. They watch something. Because the other thing was, uh, the other thing that was freaking out our girls is they watched Diary of a Wimpy Kid yeah. probably a little too early. Right. i got to be honest. I didn't really know what the content was. And they um, they got freaked out by mm-hmm. this whole cheese touch thing. Right. And so we can laugh and say, well, that's ridiculous, girls. There's no such thing as a cheese touch. But they don't know mm-hmm. because they just watched a movie that told them there was. Right. So it's false evidence. It's not truth, but it appears real, right. and so that is real in their head.
0: So what was my false evidence on my being late for soccer practice?
1: Um, that that it matters. The false evidence is that somewhere along the way, you learned if you were late that somehow you were not good, that you were bad. I don't even have the right words for it, but you somewhere learned that that made you not who you are. I think it's
0: because my first day I worked at Dominic's, the grocery store. My dad uh, took us to a water park. I said, Dad, my very first day of work, I need to be there on time. He said, Don't worry. Don't worry. We'll get you there on time. (laughs) Well, he got me there an hour and a half late on my very first day. So, Dad, sorry, I'm throwing you under the bus. (laughs) You you generated all this he was fear like in
1: the slides yeah
0: we're just having the slides <laughs> and my boss is like so where were you it's like i was at a water park my dad said he'd get me here on time i'm an hour and a half late
1: right and you didn't have a lot of control there so now that you have control maybe it's just it's too much story
0: number two i got promoted to complex manager of our athletic facility at school uh-huh. and um, i was out too late the night before as it turns out it was my first day uh-huh. i showed up four hours late
1: There's another problem. And I was in
0: charge of the whole building and opening it up and everything else. That would
1: not be false evidence. And I didn't. No, that would be real evidence. (laughs) Appearing real.
0: Real. Real evidence appearing real. (laughs) real. Oh, boy.
1: Okay. Can I? I want to go back to the kids.
0: I feel like the the train is off the tracks.
1: Well, it is, but I'm bringing it back. Bring it back. Choo-choo. Okay. So here's what I want to say is that when our children are in fear, one thing that has worked for us, or I'll say I tend to do this with the girls, is to help them get out of their head a little bit and get into their heart. And we've talked about this on the show before, and I know it's hard to differentiate, and I don't want to make this too simplistic, but I think it's helpful. If our children are really in fear, then their brain is going crazy and trying to manage this information. And a brain cannot... A brain can manage information, but it can't heal everything that just occurred. Okay. It can manage it, and it switches it around and gives scenarios, and it keeps moving it, moving it, moving it, because that's what brains do. So sometimes just to step away from it and to get back in reality is if we can pull, go into our heart space. Mm-hmm. And we can do that in so many different ways. And But I'll just give you my way is that I lay down with Cameron. I ask her to put her hand on her heart. I said, take a deep breath, pull through your heart, stay there, Do you feel safe? You know, and she says yes. And she may be saying it for me, but I really do think her body calms down. There's a physical response. She is safe in that moment. The cheese touch is out there somewhere in her brain. Being lost is somewhere in her brain. But in that moment, she is completely safe.
0: So you're trying Uh, to bring her back to who she actually is. To
1: who she actually is. Is you are fine right now. Instead of saying all that stuff in your head is not real, that doesn't work very well. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can kind of talk her through that, but it feels real. Right. I mean, all of us... Yeah, I think
0: as parents, we just want to uh, tell them why it's not real. Right. And that's probably not such a good idea. I mean, I don't know. Maybe...
1: We can talk to them about it, but we also have to give them a tool because we're hypocritical if we say, well, I'm going to talk you through this and tell you why it's not real because we all carry around our own fears right. and they're probably very unreal too. Right. Um, but what we can do is give them a tool, breathe, mm-hmm. move into your heart, You know, I put oils on her feet. Let's calm down. Mm -hmm. Let's take a bath. Mm -hmm. Water is a great way to dissipate some of those. So let's give them some tools.
0: Well, and you just really quickly ran over, you put oils on their feet. And I think a lot of the people out there are like, what are you talking about? (laughs) And I'm only going to give you like 60 seconds, but what are you talking about with oils on your feet?
1: Well, uh, essential oils, just uh, therapeutic grade essential oils just are fantastic tools for obviously us as Mm -hmm. adults. Um, but they're also great tools for kids and helping them calm their bodies. Things like lavender. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have one that Cameron loves called peace and calm. Um, it, we have so many. And it, and, I mean,
0: and these oils do have healing properties. Oh, yeah. and, and, and they're and medicinal. I, and I will say that, um, I believe in their medicinal properties, but I think you believe in them even more than I do. Mm-hmm. But the one thing I will say about them is regardless of whether or not you believe it to be true or not, the bottom line is. The fact that you can do something. Yeah. You can put oils on your hands and rub your kids' feet. And, and have say, them smell it. And have them smell it and say, this is peace and calm. Right. And this will help you feel peaceful yeah. and calm. It's Regardless of whether or not you think it's a placebo or if it has actual medicinal properties... It is something that you can do, and I think it's so valuable.
1: It's a tool, and the girls, in some ways, they it is their tool. They'll say, "I'm having a hard time sleeping. Will you come rub oils on my feet?" And if that's something I can pass on to them, where they're in college and they're having a hard time calming down, they can put lavender on their chest. Fantastic, yeah. you know, like that's a great tool, and it's better than well, other and the, op- and, options. And my
0: favorite, yeah, exactly. And my favorite um, oil is. Um, when I get a headache, I put peppermint on my yes, head or on the back strong. of my neck. And I don't know if that heals my headache, but it sure takes it away.
1: It numbs it. And it's it, better
0: than taking a Tylenol.
1: Exactly. And it smells good.
0: And it smells good. Yeah.
1: Um, we got to talk about Poofen.
0: I thought of one other way of uh, another tool to help kids with fear. What? Poofen?
1: Yeah, Poofin.
0: So, what's Poofin?
1: Well, Poofin is our sponsor and um, one of our sponsors. And basically, Poofin is this star pillow, this super soft pillow. And it's got a hole in the middle of it. And you put little pillows inside of the big pillow. And the little pillows are representations of who you are. So, a child chooses what they want to have on a pillow. And then they put it inside this big star. And it, the star becomes a representation of them. It's all in its pictures and words. And the, the little pillows that go inside are called charms. Mm-hmm. so I know it's you know something that i going to be talking about all month but you need to go to the website and check this out it's poofin.com mm-hmm. and you can make your there's charms that are on that website that are already standardized you know the charms already created but you can also make custom charms you can like put a picture of your family on a pillow and put it inside your poofin pillow right. our girls have them they love them and um they actually Skylar's birthday is coming up and one of the gifts that she wants is to choose two or three charms yeah. for her pillow. So it just makes it really easy cuz I can give that as a, you know, I can tell our family. But something that Poofin is offering right now that you guys have to check out is they're offering an actual gift set. Okay. So um I want my information in front of me so I can tell you about all the different gift sets. So first of all, they're only 24.99 and
0: They'll zen, gift wrap them. They'll gift wrap. Them. That's crazy.
1: I know, that's crazy. And if you put in zen charm, which Z- is our coupon code, Z E N C H A R M. Then you get a discount. Right. And so already it's at twenty four ninety nine. The gift set includes the pillow and four little charms, I believe, right?
0: I believe that's a deal. And
1: just some examples of some of the um, gift sets. They have the Conscious Kid Star gift set. I so like the language that they choose. It's awesome. So that has like a peace sign in it, a heart charm, a planet Earth uh, charm. There's a Girl Power Star gift set. There is a, uh, I know there's a pink gift set. There's uh, yeah, a blue.
0: Pink, pink. Pink rocks. There's one
1: gift set. There's the All-American Star gift set, an Inspiration Star gift set, and a Sports Star gift set. These are awesome.
0: Is this just for like kids who like teddy bears, or is it for older kids, too? It's
1: absolutely for older kids. I said last week that I would like to have one, and it's- again, I don't know if I'm really going to get one from you. Well,
0: from a practicality standpoint, it actually is a very comfortable pillow.
1: It's awesome. As crazy
0: as it sounds. And
1: you're putting parts of you into a pillow, and it becomes like a scrapbook or a keepsake, and we, as we said last week, we're just so excited to partner with them because it really, it really, in it's it's the same ideals that we have about right. kids telling us who they are and being able to hold on to themselves and know who they are and us honoring that and validating that.
0: So poofin.com um, and put in Zen Charm for the coupon code and uh, like them on Facebook. Like them on, on Facebook and
1: it's a great gift, everybody. So we're running
0: out of time. So I'm going to give you guys my movie line. It's an all-time easy movie line, but I think you're going to like it, so
1: was supposed to do, you moron. War's over, man.
0: Wormer dropped the big one. What? Over? Did you say over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! German? Forget it, he's rolling. Forget it, I'm rolling. Uh, so anyways, uh, do that on the old Facebook page and, uh, win a free book, maybe.
1: Great. So, um. Go ahead. Have a good week. So this is Todd
0: Adams saying have a good week. This is Kathy Adams. Adios.